Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Anybody know that he loves you? I need to tell you something. It's so important. It's awesome to know that you love Jesus. It is so much more important to know that he loves you. I need you to hear me on that. Literally, the word of God says we love him because he first loved us. And you really can't love God until you know the love of God. I mean, you really can't love him until you realize all the love he has for you. When you see what he's done, when you know where he's brought you from, when you know what he's ready to do, when you know what he's capable of, when you know what he wants to do, when you see everything that he's got in store for you, then you love him. You love somebody just like the general thing. Okay, I I love you, my brother. I pray for you. I love you in the Lord. But then all of a sudden, you see that somebody wants to bless you. And you love him a little more. (laughs) And then you see how far they want to bless you. And you love him a little more. And then you watch them, man. Maybe they'd lay down their life for your child or for your wife. And then, man, something would grow in you in this massive way that you would think about this person unbelievable. Is is that Mr. and Miss Edie right there in there? Oh, my goodness. Let me give honor where honor is due right in the middle of it. I love you all so much. Oh, what an honor it is to be here in your presence and get to preach a message um, that y'all are, are partaking in today. And that, that blesses me. I love y'all so much. Two of the most faithful people I've known in the kingdom of God, and I've been in this for all my life. I love y'all so much. It is a blessing, brother. It is a, it's a good day, and it, uh, it, it uh, breaks me and blesses me, and I love you. Can, can we just give the elders, come on now, you're doing it right, somebody got 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 it right, somebody, somebody's getting it right, most people getting it right, come on now, because without their faithfulness, this man wouldn't be here, without this faithfulness, so many other people would be raised, um, I love you. And I bless God for you, and I thank God for you. It's an honor to be here. But when you would see that maybe that man would lie his life down for your children, all of a sudden something larger would grow in you towards him. And you would love somebody so much because they gave their life for your baby. You know what I mean? That's just what Christ has done. When you realize, when you, when you know his love, You can't help but get his love. I mean, you can't help but love him in the most crazy way. When you get him all the way. How many here has got a, how many men here, you've got a good woman that just stood beside you all your life? Come on, come on, come on. You you love her, don't you? She's been there through thick and thin, right? It don't matter what anybody else says. It don't matter what you've done. She loves you, right? She is there. She will burn hell down to make sure you're cared for, right? Don't matter. It just makes you love her. It makes you want to tear down every wall, want to destroy, makes you want to give her any and everything. You love her because the love from her is so beautiful, so amazing that it just blows your mind and it makes you, right? And that's just what it is with Christ. When we know his love, 
when we see it. Guys, when we get his love, when we get it, when we get it, when we get it, then all of a sudden we can love him in the ways that's, that's best for us to love him. So how many love Jesus in the house? How many knows he loves you in the house? Come on. It's so much more important for you to know he loves you than even for you to know that you love him today. Well, it's an honor to be in this house. And um, Steve and Julie have been great longtime friends. I mean, since, since before they were married, since before they were the Elys, since they were just the Ely. <laughs> Way back in those days, in McCall, South Carolina, um, we had some amazing times. I mean, I, I, the, the message I preached there, I preached the message of what's in your hand. First time I ever preached it was right there. I preached that message around the world. I mean, hundreds of thousands of kids, I believe, have responded to that message around the world. And, and Steve actually helped me form that message because the first time that I spoke it, I spoke it with an Abishai being somebody to hold him back. And he came to me and said, Warren, do, do you realize how strong Abishai is and who he is? And he spoke this thing to me about the faithfulness of Abishai in the middle of that scene. And it altered my message that I've spoken all over, all over anywhere that I could go. It was like my testimony message. <laughs> and so I added the good of B-side part to it. And uh, so we've just been faithful friends, and, and no matter what I've walked through, Steve and Julie have been just, and I've walked through some ugly times. Steve and Julie have just been faithful friends, and I've blessed God for them. Can, you, can we honor your pastors today? I just want to honor. Come on, come on. Somebody's getting it right. Come on. Hallelujah. I love y'all so much. Hallelujah. Praise God. What a good, you know, a house is full of honor is a house is full of good things. You hear me? A house is full of honor is the house is full of good things because so much comes from the place of honor. When you have honor for honor for your authorities, when you have honor for those that have come before and laid the path, when you have honor for your wives, when you have honor unto your husbands, when you have honor in those places today, then man, you, 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 you just have the seedbed for just amazing fruit to grow in places like you've never imagined, things that you have just not seen. And, man, it's so neat to see this house. Man, there's been a ton of growth in here since I've been in here, man. I mean, I, I love, is, is this Hope? Hope House? Hope House, guys? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Praise God. I run what's called a, the Dream Center in San Antonio. And um, I think I was going to meet with y'all before service until we got to that roadblock. There's a roadblock right across the road, and it said you can't go forward. But there wasn't a detour sign. So we had to turn back and go back to interstate and sit there on our maps and go, okay, now if we take this one down here, and there's a body, we've got to jump the body of water. And we, we routed our way around, but it's just an honor to be, see, see where there's honor, man, you have seedbeds of amazing things that are going on. But to see the growth that's in this house and all that God's doing and the blessing and reconnect with some of those that I've known from before. And uh, see and love them. It's just a good day. It's an honor to be with you. I bless the Lord. Bring greetings from San Antonio, Texas. I'm a Cajun boy. I'm a, I'm a Baton Rouge boy. 
Um, so, so you might see my LSU jacket over here. For any of you Sooner fans, God bless y'all. We, 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 we run together in some ranks. <laughs> Go Tigers. So Boomer Sooner, I know. How many Cowboys in the room? Ain't nobody, uh, one Cowboy fan, two, 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 okay, three, four, okay, come on, come on. <laughs> this is so good. Oh, golly, you got to love it. You got to love regular life. It's a good day, but um, I'm a Baton Rouge boy, live in San Antonio. My amazing wife, Miss Faith, would you just wave at everybody? <laughs> she's here in the house. Uh, my brown-haired, green-eyed, righteous fox, she's amazing. And I love her so much, and I thank you for being here with me, Boo. I've got a little three-year-old in the in the uh, Passion Kids room who's probably, I don't know, beating everybody and hugging everybody and kissing everybody in the room and saying, hey, I love you, I love you. It's just, he's, he's kind of a wild man. He's an awesome kid. And uh, it's just an honor to be with you today. So thank you all for allowing me the, the place to be in this, to, to be here. And thank you, Pastor Steve, for the honor of of. of getting to speak from your pulpit. I want you to open your words with me this morning to 1 Kings chapter 4. Now, I'm an Old Testament fan. Steve would, would probably tell you that. Um, I love those words in red. Uh, they're incredible. The, the words in red, which is in the New Testament where you see Jesus speaks, there's nothing more powerful and more set than those. But, man, after I leave that, man, it, I just, I love the Old Testament. I love the I love the plight and, and the positioning. I love, I love how God brings things around, and I love what he makes. I love how God makes something from nothing continually, again and again in the Old Testament. Anybody know, anybody in the same spot where you, you love where God makes something from nothing? Anybody? Anybody know what I mean here today? That he can take anything and make whatever he wants and desires? It's a good day. And so I, I see that so much in the Old Testament. There's so much grace there. Somebody said to me the other day, man, there's nothing but judgment in the Old Testament. I said, man, you don't miss the story of the Old Testament, though. Man, it's, they, they believed in Jesus before he walked with them. They saw him before they could see him. They, they did things and walked in places that, that nobody else understood. And, and through it, God did amazing things in the middle of them. So 1 Kings chapter 4, I'm going to do a little reading from the KJV, just because I'm I'm a King James fan, so I'm going to start reading in the 8th verse, and I'm going to read only down to the 11th today. But the Word of God says this, And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where there was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as often as he passed by, that he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passes by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick, and it shall be when he comes to us that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither, just say thither. Anybody say thither. It's the only time in your life you're ever going to say thither, so say thither. Come on, we enjoyed a one-time-in-a-lifetime moment together there. And it fell on a day that he came in, that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber, and he laid there. Father, I thank you for your goodness and mercy today, Lord God, for all your grace, Lord Jesus. And 
I thank you, God, for your blessing and your presence, Lord God, and for all that you'd do, what you'd speak to us, God, what you'd share, Lord God, everything that you'd bring about in the middle of us, Lord. And I, I just ask that you do what you want, Lord God, for right now, Lord Jesus. Father, you know our now, Lord Jesus, that affects our tomorrow. You know our now, Lord Jesus, that affects our 10 years from now. You know our now, Lord God, that affects the most major parts of our life that we've not even perceived yet, God. The things we can't even guess yet. The things we don't know yet, Lord God. The things that are so far ahead of us, Lord God, that we've not even be able to, been able to dream, Lord God, past our insecurities, Lord Jesus, and our, our ineptness, Lord God. We've not even been able to dream to those places, Lord God. Father, but you see them where they are and what we'll have and what will be, Lord God. And I thank you for the now that affects the then. And I give you glory, Lord Jesus, for what you do in the now that makes for the then. For the blessing, God, in the current, Father, that becomes, Lord Jesus, the answer, Father, for a present far from here. And I thank you for it, God. I ask that you just speak today, Lord God, that I could step out of the way and that you would come forward, Jesus. And, Father, that you would move in every heart and life in this place, and we give you glory and thanks for it, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. I want to speak to you this morning on making room for your miracle, making room for your miracle. You know, the, 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 the story starts with the Shunammite woman, and we see this lady, and, and it's, it's in the time of Elijah and Elisha where we notice these two amazing just massive figures. They are two, two great men of God that have come through that, that God used to do so much. And Elijah just stepped off from the scene and Elisha stepped into the place and he's starting to walk out what would be the double portion. He's starting to see performed the, the, the number of miracles and the, and the amount of power and, and everything that would, be, that would be twice what you see in the middle of, of Elijah's life and the word. And we start to see these stories laid out. We start to see what God is, is delving out through the middle of, 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 um, of Elisha. But, you know, it doesn't start with Elisha, this story doesn't. It really starts with a woman. It starts with a Shunammite woman. And, and there's something to understand here. There's, there's something to understand the place of a woman in this spot. There's something to understand that, that she, 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 a woman in that place didn't have the value that, that we have it now. They didn't have necessarily the standing that we have now. She was a wealthy woman and, and apparently very loved by her husband. And, and, and those things were thrown on her. She was blessed with that. But there wasn't something she could naturally speak forward to and do. I mean, even as we see this story start, when she wants to make a move in building something, she looks to her husband and says, can, can we do this? Can we pre-adventure? Can we step this direction and make this happen? This is something I would really like as she lays it out in front of him. Even though she's a wealthy woman, she, she goes through the middle of that process, starts to lay it out, starts to talk it. And we see it starts with somebody. You know, God's plan always starts with a person. It always starts with the middle of somebody. It starts with, with people that are in regular life, walking through the regular things, and, and many times don't have the value that's set for their, for their ending at their beginning. It starts with people that are still waning um, in, in, in what they think they are and trying to discover who they are and is trying to walk out. Now, she, she wasn't just nobody. She was a wealthy woman. And the Word of God tells her that she had that, that there were blessings that were in her. There were things intrinsic to her. There was a value to her. I need everybody in this place to see and to know today that no matter who you are in this place today, there's a value God's already got in the middle of who you are. 
There's something he's placed in you. There's an anointing in you for something. There's a gifting that's somewhere. There's something that he's put in the middle of you. And, and, and you might even think that that gifting is your blessing or, or what you're supposed to be getting, but it's not. It's just what's supposed to get you to the place of your blessing. And, and so many times we don't, we don't realize if, if this is our seed or our bread. And we, we consume our seed many times, but we see this woman is not in that spot. I'm, I'm, I, I need to, let me say that again. Sometimes we don't understand the difference between our seed and our bread. There's seed that you have to plant, and then there's bread that you have to eat. If you consume your seed, then you'll have nothing to plant for God to use to grow from. If you consume it, so you've got to understand your blessing today and the things that you got. Is it what God wants you to use or God wants you to live off of? The giftings that walk in the middle of those different things. It, it, could, be your, your, it could be your singing talent, your anointed to sing or play. And is that what you're supposed to be blessing to, to make to, to make the word of the name of the Lord be greater. Is that what you're supposed to make for yourself, something that makes a name unto you? What, what are the giftings that are you? And you have to start to see what the giftings are. I told the kids at, at camp this week, I said, I, in high school, I wasn't voted the, the, the most likely to succeed, the, the best looking, the most athletic. I wasn't voted all those different things. I was voted most friendly. That's when I was voted. I was a dude that all the girls wanted to talk to about their boyfriends. <laughs> they didn't want to talk to me about being a boyfriend. They wanted to talk about their boyfriend. <laughs> if Justy was like you, be like, I'm like me. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it, it was what I had. It was a gifting that was in me. It was, I could make friends no matter where I walked, whoever I talked to. Walls could come down. I would just start to talk and start to love. I could start to be common. I'm, I'm a boy from the trailer park in the swamps of Louisiana. I got webbed feet. Um, I, I, I didn't have a, I mean, I'm just everything you want to name that's about as common and odd. And I let all that just be to make me okay. And it just didn't matter. I was, and y'all are going, he has webbed feet? <laughs> Did he say that? <laughs> I know, I, I just, I'm reading. I'm thinking, I said that? I said, I really said that. Yeah, my, never mind, I'm not going to explain it to you. But yeah, I do, kind of. And, uh, but there's this blessing that I have. And, and, and we can discount those things, or we can waste those things, or we can use those things for the glory of God. We can use those things to get a connection or blessing for ourselves. Or we can let it be that we're always encouraging somebody else with it. I, I think, Steve, I, I think, I believe I, I, I could have made a decent network marketer. I, I believe I could have engaged people and built myself a nice little pyramid, I believe. But it wasn't God's goal for me to, to do that with, 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 the, with, with the blessing that I had. Is, am I making sense today? My blessing wasn't necessarily built for me. My blessing was to build you. My seed wasn't to make for me. My seed was to feed you. Who I was in me, the friendliness I have, wasn't supposed to do this thing necessarily for me. It was supposed to bless the kingdom of God and fill you. And this woman is in this spot today, and she's, she, she has these things. One, she's blessed. 
Next thing we see is that she's married. She's committed somewhere. There's a spot in her that is that is stable. She's not just wandering, but she's committed in a place. She's tied to someone. She's made it known who she's vowed to. She she's locked herself in somewhere. There's something so committed. To, there's something so to that. See, I know Steve is my friend. I know that he loves me. I know that there's a committing to me, and it, and it makes something that's right here when I know that. It means I will I will I will lay anybody else down to make sure he's guarded and covered. I will protect him. I will stand with him. He's made a commitment. There's something here. Do you get what I'm saying this morning? She, she had a blessing that she didn't take for granted. She had a commitment somewhere. She was tied into a place. She had people she was responsible to that she would love, that she would, that she would care for. At the same time, we see that she's barren. She's, she's in a spot this morning that she doesn't have her own children. We, we see about that that it doesn't change her disposition. It doesn't make her um, sour towards her husband. It doesn't make her sour towards God. It doesn't make her sour towards those that have children. It's just a fact of the matter. You know, some of you have places in your life right now that are just facts of the matter. It's just, I'm this today. This is what I've got today. This is who I am. This is where I'm from. This is my hole. This is my problem. This is my situation. And by the grace of God, it's not made you bitter today. It's just made you a little empty today. It's just, there's just an unanswered thing. Oh, I think that's the wording today. How many of you in this room, you have something that's unanswered today? You have something unanswered. You have something undone, something unsaid, something you believe God for that's just not come about yet, something that's not been brought yet, something that's not there. Everybody else seems to have gotten that thing, but you've not gotten that thing. It's not come about for you. It's not happened yet for you. It's not been there yet for you. God, I believed. God, I've held to you. I've trusted you. And all I hear is not yet. Oh, but I've got this thing. I, I can't complain because, uh, because I'm so blessed in these ways. I, I've got wealth. I can't because I'm committed and someone's committed to me. So, God, I'm just okay to be without. I'm okay to not have. You know, God's got things for you that you've not even dreamed yet. You know, God's got some things for you that you've stopped dreaming about. He's got some things set for you that you've already put away, that you've already said, this can't happen. It won't go there. It won't be there. There's no way this is, I've already gone so far, and I'm actually happy in this spot, and I don't want to be disappointed. So I'm good right here. I'll take my, I'll take my, I'll take my, my, my wealth and different things and I'll take my commitments and I'll just live unfulfilled. I'll just live unsatisfied. I'll just stay in the spot. I'll just, I, I'll just be okay here. I see so many people in, in, in ministry that will walk through life that they're, 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 they're like two-thirds there, or they're halfway there, or they're three, they're just almost there, and they're just waiting for the one little thing to top off. And it's either people that seek after that with everything they got. They make their life trying to get that, and you see the shallowness that comes on the backside, or you just see them live unfulfilled, not gaining everything that God's got. And we see this woman that 
she's in this spot. We see she's wealthy. She lives on, on the wall of the city, basically, in, in, in the sense. She lives in a wealthy place, a wealthy area. She's set by this traffic that will roll by where she's at. And regularly, the man of God is coming through the city. And as he comes through the city, he, he walks by. She's seen him again and again. And something just starts to stir in her. I'd like him to stop by with us. Have you ever felt the presence of God just draw you in a direction? I mean, just where it just slowly just drew you. Now, there's drawing you and there's pow that, that sometimes happened. I remember the first time I saw Faith's picture. It was pow, and I had to meet that girl. And I did everything I could to meet that girl. I set up. We had this beautiful, amazing time that we set to meet, and I met her in the church. She had her hair up in a ponytail, and she says, no, my name's down. She swears it's down. It was a pow. But then there's some things that you just watch and you feel God. You, you just feel him urging you. I need you to go. I need you to speak to them. I need you to go there. I need you to watch. There was this slow thing that happened on her, it would seem. The man of God walked by and by and by and by. Look, there's some things that you need to go ahead and take advantage of that God's been telling you to do or been telling you to walk in. And it's time you st st stop sitting back and waiting on the things that God's been impressing in your spirit because he's been impressing some things to you for you to It might be to become a giver in a different way. It might be to become a lover in a different way uh, of, of taking care of people. It might be that you're supposed to reach out and start to minister in this spot. You're supposed to fill holes in the place where God's got you. You're not going to know what God really wants you to do until you start giving in to those, the, the, those, those gentle urgings that he's making. If you really want it, come get this. And she finally says, man of God, will you come in here and eat with us? Come, come sup with us. Come on. So he comes in and he starts to eat with him. And, and after he's eaten with him a number of times and what's going on, she looks finally at her husband and I need, I need to say this again. Her and her husband, you, there's no child there. There's nothing there. There's nothing that's going on. She's barren. I'm sure that it's not for the lack of trying, but she's, she's barren. And there's not a child that's come forward. There's not that gifting that she's looked for that's been happening, that's happened through her. But she gives to the, in, the inclination of the man of God meeting with them. Are, are, are you ready for God to just to meet with you and your commitment without the blessing being there? Can, can you go to God before things are, before it's all good? Can you say, Father, can, Father, in, in my spot where I'm in, I'm in need, I'll, I'll go with my wealth and my commitment, and this hasn't happened yet, but I'll still love you. I'll still pursue you no matter what happens. If this never comes about, I'll still worship you. If I never get this answer, God, I still want to sup with you. Many times, I believe as believers, we... We, we wait to go all the way when God's gone all the way. And God's saying, I've already gone all the way, son. I've already gave you Jesus. I've done given you everything. I done made everything for you. And you start to realize God's got a plan. You got your, your blessing and you got your commitments. But I've got more for you on the scene. So they invited the man of God in, and when they invited him in, he came in and he supped with him. When he supped with him, I don't know how many times it was, but she looked at her husband finally and said, you know, 
I, I love that he's visited, but I'm ready for him to stay. Now, there's something a little different right there. I love that he's visited, but I'm ready for him to stay in the middle of one. I'm ready to walk this on a regular. I'm ready for this not to be a triteful thing, not to be a momentary thing that happens. But I want to, I want to create a place for him to stay in the middle of where I want to haul out something with him. I don't want to just be on Sunday mornings. I don't want to just be Sunday nights. But I want to be the thing that I walk with on the regular basis, that every day. And this could be in anything. It could be your own life. It could be your marriage. It could be your finances, your business. It could be your health. I'm ready for God to stay in this spot. So I'm, I'm going to haul something out. I'm going to build a place for him to do exactly what he wants. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to set any parameters for what he does in that place, but I'm going to build in some parameters. I'm going to build in some things that set the natural ordinary things. I'm going to put a bed in there. I, I'm, I'm going to build a place where there's a resting of the man of God or the presence of God in my life. See, see, see we, do, we do Christianity in a very prefunctory way. We do it in a way that's almost preset, that we know exactly what's going to go on, that we know that there's going to be a worship set and a worship scene. And, and so we, 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 we rise and we do the worship scene and we do church and we do God. And then we sit down and then we listen to albums, and then we, 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 we pay tithes. And then after that, we, we, we stand for the reading of the, of the word of God. And then we sit back down and we listen to a sermon. And then we let that sermon somewhat apply to us. And then we stand up at the end. We might do a little prayer. And then we walk out the door and we kind of go on to the rest of our day. We, we do it in almost a pre-established ritual that's set with us. And we let God meet and be those things. But he wants more than just to pass by. He wants more than just the dinner. He wants the basic places of our life. He wants to live with us in those spots. And that first spot is to rest. That there's a rest that happens in him. She built him a bed in that place because we need to rest in the presence of God. It needs me when I lay my head down, whatever I do, that I rest in the middle. Whatever I enjoy, I enjoy it in him. Whatever I, I take peace in, I take peace within him. I rest in that. What are the things that you rest in? I mean, I'm a fisher. I mean, look, I, I, I fish in the Lord. I take rest in him. My relationship with my wife is in the Lord. It's a rest. I, I, I want to apply the room that he's in to every spot of where I am. And I want to rest in it. I want there to be an ease with it. So there's a rest. Man, there's a study spot. I mean, I mean, there's a, there's a feeding place in there. She builds him a table, a bed. Then she puts a table in a place. There's a place for him to feed there. I want to feed in him. I want everything I get to come from him, be about him. I want to regularly sup on who he is. I want to, I want to consume him. I want my, my relationship with my wife to be feeding me from, I mean, she, when I, I was sitting right where, where Miss Julie is sitting this morning and she leaned over to me as I was about to preach and she prays over me. She starts to bless me for, for the message this morning and she calls out on God. There, there, there's a feeding that comes from that. We do such a prefunctory thing so many times in church that we come and we do almost our, our regular deal that we just go through the deals, but are you resting in the Lord? Are you feeding in God? 
Or, or, are, you con, are you consuming? Does, is he what fills you in what we're doing? Can, can, you, can you get from God in any circumstance? Can you? Can, 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 you look at, can you look at even the simplest thing and let it feed you? I, I, I'm this way. I get the best parking spots in the world. I mean, I get amazing parking spots. You can ask my wife. I have parking favor like nobody else you've ever seen. I mean, I have parking favor. Oh, come on. He don't care about your parking spot. No, 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 no. You don't understand. I mean, I drive. I just, I, st- I do. Everybody else is like, they're, they're like, there's like 15 rows in this parking lot. And everybody's going to go ahead and turn. I just go ahead and drive straight to the front. And there's one waiting for me up there. I just have no lie. I don't, am, am I telling the truth, baby? And it's, it's, on the, it's on the norm. 99.9% of the time I pull up and she's like, well, there it is again. <laughs> and it's right there. And it's right by the door. Because you see, I, I even get fed from my parking spots. Because I'll pull up and I'll just start to cry sometimes. God, you are so good to me. You love me so much. You bless me in, in the, even the little things. Even the little things. Can the little things feed you? Or does God have to do some big gargantuan, earth-moving, miraculous thing that shakes the foundations of the world? Can you get fed because he gives you a good parking spot? Can you praise him when this little thing happens? Or does it have to be some massive deal that goes on? Can you be fed anywhere? Can, can the kiss of the, of the woman or the man that loves you, can it feed you that you go, God, wow, God, you gave me her. Wow. What feeds you? Man, the presence of God, it, it, we, we, we have our prefunctory thing, our set deal, our, our ritualistic thing we almost walk in. But God doesn't want to be just in those moments. He wants to be in every part of your life. He wants to be in, in, in your rest. He wants to be what you take joy in and that you, that, that, that you love doing. He wants to be in what feeds you. The littlest things that just put in you. And he wants to be an illumination to you. There's a lampstand in you. He doesn't want to just stay to what you know or what you have. He wants to light up everything that's in the middle. He wants to show you everything that's right here. He wants to illuminate his word to you. He wants to illuminate your life to you. He wants to illuminate everything that's around you. He doesn't want a darkness being there. He wants to light it off. The presence of God is supposed to make us know everything. Brings a light to the spot. I, I, I might not get it all. I might not know exactly what God's doing, but I know He's doing something. He illuminates me. And, and she built some things in there for this to happen. She built it in, and, and it, she thought she was building it in. She thought she was building it in for the man of God, but really she was building it in for herself. She thought she was just building for the prophet that was coming by. She thought she was doing a favor to him, but she was really doing a favor to her. She thought she was making a place for him, but she was making a place for her. She thought it was all set that this is just what I'm doing unto him, but she, she didn't even see that what she was doing was for her. 
was the word of God says she finished the room. And the man came by. And when he came by, I guess he had dinner again. And they said to him, you've got a room here. We, we would love you to stay with us as you pass by. And all of a sudden, the word of God says, and he went up in and he stayed there. You ever heard the story of, of Obed-Edom? Obed-Edom was this dude or this home, this family, that they just got the blessing and the pleasure of when, when the ark was laid in their house because David was trying to carry it to Jerusalem and it, it struck one of the men dead because he reached out to balance it and they got scared and so they laid it in Obed-Edom's house and it says Obed-Edom's house was blessed because the ark resided there. I've thought before, God, make me Obed-Edom. God, just let it be that my house is, has your presence in it, has your ark in it, has the things of your ark, has the proof of your miracles. It has, it has the, the, the commandments of your word. It has all the things. It would have that budding rod. It would have those tablets. It, God, make it to where my house has that. The, the presence of God is so sweet here in my home that there's a peace that anybody that walks in, they get the peace. They catch it. Look, if, there, if he's in your home, if the presence of God is there, something starts to come to where you are. I walked into his house this morning. As soon as I came here in the parking lot, I'm greeted. I walk in the door and I'm greeted. My, my, child, my child is taken off into an awesome atmosphere. I come in the room. I'm greeted in the room walking through. I, I, see, I feel the presence of God in worship that's starting to happen. There was a beautiful thing here because the presence of God is in this place today. And where he resides, blessings start to naturally happen. It would be just that blessings will be. Then the presence of God comes in. He's staying. Elisha is staying in the house. Now, if he stayed in the house for a little bit, he's been there. He calls Gehazi and says, hey, what does, what does this woman want? Oh, my goodness. What does she need? What, 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 what's God inquiring of you this morning? What's he searching your heart for today? What are the places that have been empty, that have been void, that, that, that you've not received? Some things that you've given up on, some things that you've forgotten about, something that you're not going forward anymore. What's the thing that you've just got? It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. speak on that for just a second. There's something to be so satisfied in the Lord. Anybody here, you're full on Jesus? You're full. Look, I look at it. I look at the the, the, the amazing wife he's given me. I look at the children that I have. I look at the place he's given me to live. I look at the things he's given me to do. And man, I look at it and I say, God, oh, Father, there's no, how can I even ask for anything? I am such a blessed dude. I mean, I'm blessed beyond imagination. But it doesn't mean that everything that's in me is fulfilled. It doesn't mean I birthed everything that's yet to be birthed to me. There are still cries of mine in the middle of the night. You know what I mean, Steve? There are still things that I, I yearn and I say, God, but I haven't quite seen that yet. Oh, but Father, 
I'm satisfied in you. How could I say anything else, God? You've been so good to me. You've cared for me. You've, you've loved me. You've taken care. You've added to me where I didn't deserve. You've made for me what I, even beyond what my need was. I, it, it blows my mind. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. sudden found this found this I mean rough spot and, and there, there's something here this there would be something to speak in this even in this place there's one thing about leaving somebody there's another thing when you've been left and I don't know if anybody here has dealt with divorce before but when you've been left by somebody there's a hole there I, I believe I believe it would be when you leave somebody, you're going on to something, and so you're, you're leaving them to go on, but when you've been left by somebody, there, there's this gargantuan hole. I've never seen myself as a needy person, but I felt myself needy. I loved my alone time, but all of a sudden, now I hated being alone. I didn't want to be alone in any spectrum of where I could be. I didn't, didn't, want, uh, I didn't want anything about it. I, 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 I had to have people around me all the time. I, there was something there. There was this hole. When you've been left, there's this, there's this gapingness. Some things came about to where it stretched out and... After about two years, I realized it wasn't going to come back and it wasn't going to change back and it wasn't going to be put back together. And after it wasn't going to be put back together, I remember talking to the Lord. I was kneeling at my bed, Steve. Looking out a window and I said, Father, it's okay. You've been so good to me, God. I had my daughters and had them in full custody and, and they, they lived with me and stayed with me straight on. I said, God, I'm good. I, I've got your love. God, I've got these, these two beautiful girls, eight and ten. I, I've, I've got the ministry that you've given me. It's still there. There's still, I'm, I'm still anointed to do the things that you've said. And, and I run a dream center. I love reaching the hurting God. I've got everything I need. And I said these words to him. I said, I don't, I don't need, I don't need another woman, God. I, I don't need a wife. I'll be fine. I was married for 23 years. I'll be fine. I've got all these blessings. I'm good. God spoke to me. Spoke to me. See, see, the, see there's something of being in a spot where God can speak to you. There's something of walking in a place that not only is he willing to converse, but you're able to hear. Can, can, can anybody hear me today? Because you're going to walk through some places and some times that seem like pure hell where there's interference everywhere. And if you're not in a spot to where he's, he's in a spot to where he can speak to you and you can hear, then when you get into the place called hell, you won't know what to do or where to go. And I found myself in a place that I just sat there. I said, God, it's okay. I'm good. There are prophetic things, even, 
even prophetic things like, like God had told me I was going to have a son. I didn't have a son. It wasn't there. The, the son didn't happen. It hadn't been on. And I was wondering, okay, God, what was that? And I said, God, it's okay. I don't have to. And, and God speaks to me, speaks to me. I need you to hear me. I've been making room for God all my life. I had I arrested in him. I had a table with him. I, I had a lampstand. God, let me see. I had been I had been making place for him all my life. And all of a sudden, in the spot that I said, it's okay, God. I, I don't need anything else. I'm good. You've given me all this. I'm good, God. He said, Oh no, son. I have somebody for you. And he gave me seven specific things. I wrote down on a pad, I wrote seven, I mean specific things. If I told you what those things were, you were like, you wrote what? <laughs> I wrote seven specific things that God told me she would be. God told me that she would be. And at the end of those seven things, I just said, okay, God. And I laid them down and I stepped back. And then I was satisfied. Do you hear me? I was still satisfied. I wasn't jumping, running. For two and a half more years, for, for two more years, I sat there waiting, just saying, okay, God, this is what you said. Until the day that God finally brought faith into my life. And I remember checking, the, I remember checking all six off going, God, this sure is close, God. And this blows my mind to this specific. And there was one last crazy specific thing. I mean, crazy specific thing. And that crazy specific thing, I, there's, I, there's, I mean, I couldn't ask this thing. This is something I, I wouldn't normally even say. I mean, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't have asked that normally. gave me seven specific things down to a tattoo that she would have. It, it, and I'm not a tattoo person. Let me speak to the PH church here. <laughs> I've never been a tattoo dude. Never. I, I, exactly. I can tell it. <laughs> I can tell it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's written all over you that you're not one. <laughs> I said, God, a tattoo? I said, God, I don't have any tattoos. And I, 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 it, it, why a tattoo? God spoke to me. And he said, son, have you ever seen someone who's marked that looks down on anyone else? And I said, oh. He said, son, I'm giving you someone who won't look down on the people I'm sending you to. And I said, Father. And he told me one last thing. There were seven very specific things like that. And there was one last thing. And that last thing was that in her previous life, not at current, but in her previous life, she would have worked in strip clubs. Oh, <laughs> that, was, that was there. That was real. And I wrote that down. All right, God. 
Now, Faith, you've been saved, what, 11 years now? Right at about 11. She came to Christ at Joel Osteen's church where she was there for a conference and then went back. Somebody brought her back to my home church in Baton Rouge and she got baptized. She, God radically changed her life, brought her into school of ministry, put her life together and made this most beautiful woman that loves Jesus like nobody you've never seen. When she worships, she worships with everything in front of her. She lays it down and she loves God and she loves people. She don't look down on nobody. She don't judge anybody. She walks it straight out. She loves him and she loves them like nobody I've ever seen. We start dating, and I'm a pastor in San Antonio, and we go out on this date, and as we go out on this date, about three months into it, she looks at me, and she starts to cry, and she says, Ray, this is getting so serious, and I really like you, and I know you like me, but I'm disqualified from being your wife. She says, I'm disqualified. There's not just, there's something I've not told you that I'm disqualified from being your wife. And I said, well, well, what do you mean? She said, well, you're a pastor. There's no way I could be a pastor's wife. How many people walk through life saying, I can't be that because I've had this. God can't do this because I've done this. This can't happen because this already happened. How many people even in this room, you walk today saying, I can, I can never do that because I've done that. And I said, what do you mean? What is it? She said, she said, man, when I was younger in these different scenes and the crazy days, she said, I used to work at strip clubs. And I said, yes, you're in. <laughs> I said, whoa, praise God. I'm dancing in the Holy Ghost and shouting and screaming and running around the room crying and laughing. And she's like, what kind of freak are you? <laughs> How many of you know your past doesn't disqualify you? Your past qualifies you. Where you've been makes it where God can use you. What you've walked through makes it where he can show you, where he can bring you out. What you've been through doesn't ruin you. God uses it to make you. Do you men hear me? Do you hear me? It just don't matter. Oh, I'll take it back. It does matter because God's going to take it and use it still. <laughs> See, I had given up. I was ready to be satisfied, satisfied with just being the blessing. God had fulfillment. God wants to take you to, from blessing and commitment and bring you to fulfillment. He wants to bring you to the place of everything that you've dreamed in him, everything that he's wanted. Since before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. He's had a plan since before then.
His deal isn't just to make you okay and satisfied. His deal is to make everything that he's set and planned in you come forward. Because there's so many people that won't be touched unless he uses you to touch them because of where you've been and who you are and what you got. He doesn't want to just bless you and commit you. He wants to fulfill you. Because he's had this plan since before you were born. That's all over this room today. That's everywhere today. I just don't want to, oh, the, 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 I got the prayer, uh, I, I've, I, I'm, I'm blessed, I, I'm, 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 I'm committed, but no, he wants you fulfilled. And the word God, God says, and he looked at her and he said, woman, what can I do for you? Oh, I'm good, I don't need anything. I, I, I don't need another woman, God. I, I'm good. I, you, you've always been, I'm scared to ask God. I, I've already had so much. I, how can I ask? How, I, how God? You're a son for me. I don't leave my sons unfulfilled. I don't leave my daughters unfulfilled. I don't want you going on your life barren. I don't want you not bringing about what's supposed to happen in you. I don't want my own child barren. I want grandchildren. I want you to raise something up under me. I want you to do something more. The Lord of God says, and he looked at her and he says, you ain't got a kid, do you? And I can just see her going, oh, golly, no, no, man, God, don't, please don't talk about that. No, 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 no. Okay, woman of God, I'm going to tell you something. God, I'm, God's about just about to bless you. Oh, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. She didn't even want to hear him. The man of God is telling her, the one that she trusts is telling her, I'm just about to give you this, and she doesn't even want to hear it. She doesn't want to know anything about it. She wants to stay away from it. No, 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 no. I said, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to be disappointed. And there goes the lay. One of the biggest hindrances that hinder the church world and believers today isn't drugs or pornography or stealing or murder. One of the biggest obstacles and hindrances in the believer today is disappointment. Because there's things that we've asked that have not come about. There's things that we've looked for that have not happened. There's people we've trusted in that have failed us. There's things that have gone on. And disappointment will rise in us. And it starts to make a shadow against our faith. We start to go, I would pray for that, but I'd uh, just keep my hands in my pocket. I would ask for that, but I've been let down before. I would trust a spiritual father, but I've been burned by fathers. I would trust the church, but I've been burned by the church. I would trust God, but I've asked God some things before. And I believe God failed me because he didn't answer what I wanted. And disappointment comes in. Disappointment happens in us. I spoke this last week or a couple weeks ago to my people in our house. This one point, I looked at every man. I said, man, I said, one of the biggest things you have to gain, guard your wife from is the word disappointment. 
Because if they ever get disappointed in something that's happened, all of a sudden you've created a waterline of their expectation. They'll expect you to do that again. They'll expect this to be, they'll expect that to happen. I remember it was a Valentine's, I believe, or a birthday. It was a birthday. It was a birthday. And I do. I love cards. I love, look, I've got cards and letters from, from young people and people for the last 40 years of ministry almost. I still got them in a box somewhere, Brother Ely. There's, a, there's boxes that have stuff that people, I love them. And my wife gave me, I think it was like seven birthday cards on this birthday. And she hid them in different places and did all these different things. And I saw the first one. I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. And I read the card. And then I saw there was another one. Another, and I found it. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is awesome. And she heartfeltly wrote it all. And then life kind of happened. I've got two daughters running a dream center, a church, all the different things going on. Everything happened. And, and I got them. And she was so pleased to give them to me. And then about three months later, she finds them in my bag, still unopened. <laughs> and she said, I'm never afraid of you to go on. Huh? You hadn't read them yet? Any, any lady in the house know what I'm talking about right now? Come on now. And I said, oh, and, and inside me, I'm sensitive to that. It, oh, it's like, oh, golly. Oh. Even though I read them after that, it didn't matter. I, I know the level of disappointment that happened because the next week she gave me one, the next month, year she gave me one card. <laughs> this year you gave me two. <laughs> She's working her way back. <laughs> Trust takes time. <laughs> but, but hear me, disappointment settles in us. I remember... I remember when things were in the middle, the front end of that situation with me that was a divorce where I was, I was just believing for my family to come back. I was believing for everything to be okay. And when I was told by a counselor and, and the gavel dropped from a judge on the first leg of the thing, I just felt so defeated in it. And I told my counselor, I said, I just started to talk about this shouldn't be. This can't be. And I've held on to God and I've trusted God for this and this for it to be restored and all these things. And my counselor kept pushing me saying, trust God, Warren. Trust God, Warren. Trust God, Warren. Trust God. My counselor kept pushing me. Trust God. And I finally screamed at my counselor and said, I don't trust God. And we said, here I am, God's man of faith and power, proclaiming, I don't trust God. We sat there in silence for about three minutes. And then my counselor goes, well, there we go. And I said, yeah, there we go. See, I remembered in that marriage that we had had 15 miscarriages. 15 times our babies died in the womb trying to have the two children we had. I remembered when I was as a kid and my father left, and I begged for my father to come home, and he never came. He didn't come back in that scene. I remember when I was a kid, and I was sexually abused, and it still happened. And even though I cried that night, and it still happened, I remembered two people. They were 
to pastors that were connected to Capital Church in Garner, North Carolina. I went on this camping trip, and the, and the RV got a gas leak and blew up, and they died. This was back in the early 90s. And I was just like taken, and all these things had stacked up. I need to tell you something. The little things stack up, and if you don't watch it, the little things will stack up and make a disappointment in you that you'll not reach on to the big things God's got for you. All these things start to lay, a, uh, they, they lay like a brick row on the wall and then another one and another. And before you know it, you can't even see your faith anymore. This woman is standing with a miracle. This, it's known the miracle as he does. He leads the school of prophets. Everything's going on. She's made room for him. She believes in him. But she looks at him when he says, you're going to have a child. No! I don't want to be let down. Some of you, the biggest thing that you need to do this morning is you need to tear down the walls of where things have not happened the way you've asked for them to happen or what you've wanted to happen and faith in you has been stunted and your dreams have been stunted and desires have been stunted and they've been thrown down and you wonder, can I even ask for this today? God wants you to ask for it. He wants you fulfilled. The word of God says that he looked at her and he said, and she said, See, she was making room for God, his presence in her life. But really, she was making room for her miracle. Really, she was making room for him to do in her life what he needed, not to do even really in the man of God's life. He could find another place to rest if he wants to. He could find all these other spots. But really, it was her that was a concern. Oh, God wants you to let him in, in your life. He wants you to make place for him. He wants you to do all these things. But God wants the habitation in you because it's going to bless you. Because he's ready to fulfill you. He's ready to make you. He's ready to pour into you. He's ready to answer you. He's ready to do for you everything that he's dreamed through you to dream. God says that she said about this season he said about this time next year you're going to have a son she has a child you think wow God's answered her the child grows for a little while goes on for a little bit Word of God says that the child starts to have a headache and in the field the child dies she doesn't run to the hospital she doesn't run to the doctor she doesn't run she runs back to the place where she got the child she said man of God what you promised me has died it's dead it's not there anymore it's done it's cooked what you promised me isn't breathing anymore. She actually didn't have to say anything. She just got there. The man of God knew. He hands his staff to Gehazi. Gehazi runs. She's already laid the child in the room. 
She put the child on the man of God's bed. She put him in the place. The husband goes and lays his staff on him. Nothing happens. Elisha's on his way. He gets all the way to the place, goes up in the room, shuts the door on him, lays on him, hand to hand, mouth to mouth, to the foot, just lays on him, breathes. Does it again and again, and all of a sudden the child rises up. She brings the boy forward and she gives him back to his mom. And we see all along through the blessing, the fulfillment that happened, and then the healing of the fulfillment. God's deal, the room, even though it was built for the man of God, it was really built for her miracle. It was built to give her what she dreamed, to fulfill her, and then to heal where that fulfillment went wrong to heal what went bad. I, I, my, counselor and I, my counselor said to me, well, there we go. She said, yeah, there we go. Stayed angry for about two, three weeks. I'm just angry. Steve, I was angry. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't read my Bible. I couldn't pray. I was angry. I was so angry. It had finally come forth. The stuff that I kept down that there was really this distrust, this disappointment I had in God from everything from miscarriages to people dying and now losing. No, it just kept down. And all of a sudden it had, boom, blew up right in my face, right in front of my counsel. For three weeks I sat there angry. It's okay, God. Yeah, God, I still trust you. About three weeks later I started to get soft again, Pastor Steve. And I cried for almost three months. I mean, I wept. I wept the hottest, bitterest tears. I wept out every disappointment that I had with babies dying and for things happening with my father. I wept out things of, of death and, and, and disappointment. I wept it out for three months. I wept, wept, wept. And I remember coming out of my prayer closet. I walked out of it, Brother Bob. I've been in this deep prayer time trying to say, okay, God, what do I do? What do I do? How do I believe? How do I have faith? How can I ever say again that I believe you when all this, and I'm, I'm sitting, God. And all of a sudden, I walk out, and there's this epiphany. And I stand up. I remember walking, I just kind of walked to the edge of the door in my room, which was my prayer closet, and I just said, God, I won't believe you anymore necessarily for what I ask. I'll just believe you. I won't trust you that whatever I say you're going to do, I'll just trust whatever you do. It'll no longer be, here's my prayer request, God, when you check them off, God. God, that one didn't work on it. Now it'll be, God, that one didn't work. I trust you, God. You've got this in your hand. Now I still... I still do the deal. I still, as the word of God says, I'm anxious for nothing. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, I make my request known to God. But it's my request, not my demand. Because I see an area of my life, but God sees all of my life. Even like 
like me having a, the son that I have right now. It was three different times. I mean, by men of God that I know and I trust, they spoke over me and said, I mean, the presence of God was in the room. You shall have a son. You shall have a son. You shall have a son. And I sat there, okay, God, but now I'm in divorce. God, God, this must have really screwed all this up or, or whatever happened, whatever the deal is. No, no, I'm not going to have a son. child's name to me and he speaks it to me as I, I was set on his name being Maximus. What man doesn't want his kid named Maximus? Leader of the armies of the north. <laughs> she was like, Maximus is also the horse and a cartoon character from, uh, from, uh, from Tangled. Forget that one. Maximus. Man, I just felt like that was the name. And all of a sudden, God spells it out to me about three months into this. M-A-X-A-M-O-S. Everything. He gave me everything. Even the things that I thought I'd messed up, he was still working to fulfill. Even the things that seemed busted. And I said, well, wow, God. Wow, God. This was only just a couple months ago, Pastor Steve, that I looked at it and I said, wow, God, it was so cool that, that, that you made it happen through, through faith, God. And then God spoke to me so gently but so straight and said, son, I never prophesied. I never prophesied the son over the woman that you were married to then. He said, each time, if you remember, I prophesied it over you. still got a fulfillment for everything that he said in you. There is no disappointment that needs to hold you back. And you need to tear down the walls of disappointment and just build room for the presence of God. You can't overcome it on your own because you can't make sense of it. You can't put it together. You can't say what should have happened and should not have happened because you're not God. You can't see the picture. But if you'll just make room for the presence of God, you'll be making room for your miracle. You'll be making room for your answer. Making room for your fulfillment. Making room for everything God's dream. Don't try to answer what's supposed to happen in your marriage. Don't try to answer what's supposed to happen with your children. Don't try to answer what's supposed to happen with your life. That this thing is supposed to come about. And this thing hasn't happened. And this hasn't worked. Don't do that. Just make room for the presence of God in you. And let him tear down every doubt. Even what you see as legitimate disappointments. With every head bowed and every eye closed in the room today. If you're here this morning and you know you're dealing with the spirit of disappointment, 
has stopped you from going forward, that has stopped you from dreaming, stopped you from really putting into your marriage, stopped you from going into your children, stopped you from jumping into the house of God, stopped you from submitting completely to your pastors, stopped you from really saying, this is where I am. If there's a spirit of disappointment that you've dealt with that's come on in the middle of you that stopped you from doing so many things, I want you to raise your hand now. Raise it. Look, you're not alone in this house. If that's you, this is the opportunity God's given you. Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. Don't, don't let it hold you back. Let nothing stop you right now. If you're here and there are things that you've sought God for that you're still believing for, that's it. Come on, come on, come on, come on. If that's you, just start to stand, Father, in the name of Jesus. unfulfilled in me. I've been, God's made promises to me and I've not seen them yet, but I believe I want to stand on today that he's going to make that. If that's you, will you just raise your hand? Come on. There's things I've been believing him for. I've been believing God for. I've been believing him for. your hand for either one of those things. Will you just stand in the house? Just stand where you are. Doesn't matter. Nobody knows it's you. Just stand right where you are. Stand all over there. That's you. Stand. ready to do things you've not dreamed. You 
not imagine. He's ready to take this church to another level. And I'm here today in the name of Jesus to see disappointment removed from your faith, disappointment removed from your life, that today we're removing every disappointment, all the things that have held us back from really diving in, really running, really trusting you. Today in the name of Jesus, we're laying them down. We're making room for his presence. We're making room for his spirit. We're making room for and trusting that God's had this plan the whole time. Uh, if you're in the audience and you want God to start to make room, you want to start to make room in your life and you're still knowing someone should raise it, just raise your hands right where you are. I want y'all to push on in. Come on, just push on in.
I specifically ask you to deal with. Now, whatever it is, I want you to say it. Name it to God. Talk it out to God. Say their name. Come on, say their name. Talk it out. Speak it. Speak what it is. Speak what it is. Father, I forgive myself. Father, I forgive anyone else that wronged me. Father, I forgive. I want you to say the name of who you need to forgive right now. Whatever the name of the person is, right there under your breath. Where you're at, just say it, say it, say it, say it, say it, say it, say it. Continue on, Father, Father. I release you from all responsibility of these things because I trust God that you are a good God. You are all powerful. You are all knowing. You are all good. You love me and you'll never let anything bad take over my life. You'll never let me go somewhere that is not your will or your plan. Father, in Jesus' name, right now, I release you from the hold that I put against you. And I proclaim that I will not trust you according to a laundry list. I will simply trust everything you do. Whatever you tell me, wherever you take me, whatever you want, I will trust you God I trust you I believe in you I give my allegiance to you and in the name of Jesus I now follow you and in Jesus name I now let go open your hands I'll let go of it right now I'm free from it it's done Father make me to dream again make me to believe again God Birth in me, Father. Let me have what you're wanting. Because I trust you. I believe you. And I know that you love me. Thank you, Lord, Father. It's all in you, Lord God. Today I build that place. Now it's time to build that place. It's time to build the place for him. Start making your rest in him. Start making your, your feeding in him, your enjoyment in him. Let him enlighten every spot in Jesus' name. Of all my tradition, break down the walls of all my religion. Your way is better. Your way is better. Come on, better. To shake up the ground of all my tradition. Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, 
visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. 